0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. I said that, Jack. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs>
1: this is this has been a real pleasure. Thank you.
2: <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode fifty-one. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Today, we continue our special five day mini series What Should I Read Next for Kids and Kids at Heart? We're focusing on a variety of young and young at heart topics: children's literature, coming-of-age stories, literary heroines, kidlit for grown-ups, and more. We have a terrific lineup of guests for the week who love talking about the pleasures of reading for a lifetime, whether you're 6 or 26 or 106. The kidlit discussion this week has been phenomenal, and I think you're going to want to check out all the other ways to participate in reading for a lifetime. We're having our second Twitter chat on Thursday, November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be all book talk all the time, and this chat is also a wonderful way to make friends with other What Should I Read Next fans. You can follow me at Ann Bogle, that's Ann with an E, B is in books, O-G-E-L, and turn on my tweet notifications to be alerted when the conversation starts. It's going to be great. We're also hosting an Instagram photo challenge this week. Follow the podcast at What Should I Read Next to see all the details there and share your own memories. Today we have two special guests for you, Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring, the men behind the popular podcast, The Babysitter's Club Club. I adored Anna Martin's novels as a kid, and I know many of you feel the same way. Well, Jack and Tanner are reading through the series themselves in chronological order. Each week on their podcast, they examine one book in great detail, and the results are highly entertaining. I loved hearing all about their podcast origin story, why these books have such staying power, which babysitter they most identify with, and what they're reading now when they're not reading The Babysitter's Club. Let's get to it. Jack, Tanner, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us.
2: I am so excited to talk to you because like so many of your listeners of the Babysitters Club Club, I feel like we should start by singing the song.
0: <laughs> the the iconic theme song the from the iconic Scott Lamb.
2: theme song. From Scott Lamb. That's not you all. I just assumed that was one of you all with a guitar.
0: It's uh it's our good friend Scott who everyone accuses of sounding just like Jack. <laughs>
2: So it's actually him saying, In nineteen eighty, Anna Martin wrote How's that? First. That's him, yeah, That's Scott Yep. I'm
0: sure he'll <laughs> be honored.
2: Okay, well, without the music, you have a podcast called The Babysitter's Club Club that I'm dying to find out who your audience is and how you thought of it. But when I saw that you all existed, I was psyched because as an eight-year-old, the Babysitter's Club books were the ones that got me hooked on reading. And so it's so fun to hear you talk about them and also to hear you <laughs> talk about them in unexpected, ridiculous, and highly entertaining ways. So, um,
0: yeah, I guess it's, <laughs> it's all in the text, though. <laughs> Something oh. we say over and over again.
2: Uh, yes, high literary criticism. <laughs> I appreciate that. My inner English major. So tell me the origin story. How did you all come up with this ridiculous and awesome idea?
1: Well, I'll begin. It's 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 mostly my fault. Uh, this is <laughs> Jack speaking here. Uh, when I was around eight years old i also discovered the babysitter's club books by an accident and i had just moved to the country and i spent a lot of time uh hanging out with my cousin and she wanted to watch television uh and i wasn't so interested in it so i sat in her room and read her entire library so i ended up becoming very familiar with all the babysitter's club books and all the sweet valley high books as well
2: oh yes because they go together
1: Yeah, they go together. I feel like the Babysitter's Club has had more of a lasting impact on culture, but Sweet Valley High was right alongside them in in the old days.
2: Is that why there's no Sweet Valley High podcast? Or is that your next project?
1: Well, we'll do it if we get through all 130 Babysitter's Club books, plus the Babysitter's Mysteries. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So we're several years away from that project.
1: I, I would think so. Okay. I mean, we're we're now at book thirty-five. We just read last night. We just recorded an episode on episode uh, number thirty-five, book number thirty-four, Marianne and Too Many Boys. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. a classic. It was. It really was a classic. It's a repeat of of Boy Crazy, Stacy. They go back to the scene of the crime in Sea City, New Jersey, and once again, there are way too many boys, and things get uh, wildly out of control.
2: I can't wait to listen, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So eight-year-old you read your cousin's whole library, Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High, but that does not a podcast make on its own. So (laughs) then what happened?
1: Then uh, 29 years passed. (laughs) Uh, um, And I'm not sure. I wrote a couple of articles about the Babysitter's Club. Uh, on the internet that Mm -hmm. did pretty well, Mm -hmm. um, just because I had had this sort of weird experience of, of, as a boy, having been immersed in them and having loved them as a kid. And I found that the reception was just incredible. It just seemed like they they had really withstood this the test of time and people really loved them. So I thought it would be fun to talk about them. And I brought Poor Tanner along for the ride, who'd never read them. Um, so it seemed like uh, having somebody else who had fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited to have friends.
2: <laughs> there are several good podcasts I can think of that have the expert on the strange subject and the innocent friend along for the ride. Yeah. So Tanner, what did you think about his pitch? How did he present um, this to you?
0: I was into it. You know, we, we both are constantly looking for fun, creative things to do in our free time. Um, we've tried like a number of different schemes where we're like presenting PowerPoint presentations at bookstores after hours, like comedy themed PowerPoint presentations and all sorts of little things that we were doing in our free time. But this seemed like a lot of fun. Um, you know, po- podcasting is one of those things that it's irresistible in this modern day and age. Um, and it's pretty easy to set up so we just got going and and we've been having a
1: blast ever since
2: okay who listens to the babysitters club club who's your core audience
1: judged on our facebook page it is mostly but not entirely women Uh and it's mostly women my age uh so it's yeah it seems to have resonated with people who really really loved those books as a a kid and and wanted to sort of revisit them though we do i've noticed we do uh, have started to have people who never read the books but are enjoying the podcast anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> so thirty-something women get really nostalgic about these books. Why do you think that is?
1: My thought is, f- one of the things that I found rereading these books that that surprised me, that I wasn't expecting, is oh. they actually do kind of stand the test of time. They're they're f- for what they are. They're very well written, mm-hmm. um, and I think that there is something that was the i mean maybe you can speak to this better than i can but it the set, set them apart from other books kind of of the same genre and that it was they were really about a group of girls and about their friendships with each other rather than about sort of you know like boys and romance, it really like the core of these books is very much like girls being friends and sort of those lasting friendships and like that being the thing that carries them through. So I think that probably is something that really resonates and and sticks with you. Um, It's part of why I think they have stood the test of time in a way that maybe Sweet Valley High hasn't as much.
0: I think they're just exciting too. Like I I am a 32-year-old man and every week I get excited to read these books. Like something intriguing and exciting happens every week.
2: Tanner was has the series been what you expected when Jack first pitched this to you?
0: No, but I have I've made it what I expected.
2: <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> do you even remember what you expected? Like how has it been different from what you thought you were getting into with this series at least? I thought
0: it was going to be kind of painful. Like, I expected <laughs> this to be like, oh, we're going to do this thing. It's going to be a slog. These books are going to be very boring. They're going to uh-huh. be hard to read. We're not going to have anything to talk about. But it's been the exact opposite. Like, we managed to find the craziest stuff in each one of these books and kind of go on these wild tangents and these wild adventures together. So it's it's been really a a, a real rush. <laughs>
1: Yeah, one of our favorite podcasts both of us really love is a podcast that is called The Worst Idea of All Time, and it's two guys in New Zealand who watch the same movie every week for a year. <laughs> um, they they did it with the movie The Adam Sandler Vehicle Grown Ups 2, and right. they also, then the next year, they did it with Sex and the City 2. And part of what's so fun about that podcast is just their immense suffering as they... <laughs> they continue through this terrible project. And it, I, I think maybe we thought that that would be what was going to be fun about our podcast uh-huh. was just like, Oh, here we are reading these books again. And a big surprise for both of us is just like, you know, whatever, we read two books this week and that was maybe one too many babysitters club books. Yeah. But in general, I look forward to what, what Mary Ann's going to get up to next week or like, you know, whether, whether Christie and Bart Taylor are finally going to, you know, uh, get it together and go out on a date. Right.
2: I love it. <laughs> As a kid, these were totally my guilty pleasure books. You said that they were good for what they are. And I think I get what you're saying. Like, this is not, it's not Heidi, you know? But they are really good for what they are, but still total guilty pleasure. Do you think we ever grow out of that when we get to be grown-ups? Because I still think fondly of them, and yet I still totally categorize them as the mediocre, the really excellent mediocre literature that I loved with all my heart.
1: I mean, I can I can tell you that Tanner and I in our spare time recently both read a book about uh, space spiders in the future. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, we certainly don't grow up, grow out of guilty pleasure books. (laughs) What was it called? Uh, It's an awesome book. It's called Children of Time. by a guy named adrian tchaikovsky and he's actually an entomologist so he like actually really understands a lot about insects so there's a lot of details about what would actually happen if there was a planet of giant sentient spiders i highly recommend it it's awesome yeah it's very good
2: (laughs) i like it what else do you read when you're not reading the babysitter's club
1: Well, it comes up over and over again on the
0: show, but we make a lot of references to uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. I think both of us are big uh, fantasy fans, um, especially of that series. Uh, And we were surprised to hear how many of our listeners are also
1: in that same camp. Yeah, we're both big sci-fi and fantasy nerds. I I, I read in uh, you know a, a lot of uh, nonfiction as well, and a lot of um, sort of adventure books, mostly about people like dying on mountains.
2: Nice. Um, so give us some
1: <laughs> Uh Well, I, after I read uh, John Krakauer's uh, Into Thin Air, which uh-huh. is about the the sort of the failed Everest expedition of I think mm-hmm. ninety seven. Yes, that, that got was me so hooked. Good. And it's just such good writing, and it's such an incredible story. And so I, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of reading everything that I could about sort of true, true exploits of mountaineers. Um, so that's that's kind of a weird area. That and and of course, what happens is when once you announce that, then everybody gets you those books for for <laughs> Christmas and birthdays. So,
2: what <laughs> have been behold. some of the standouts? The standout into the air genre books. If you like.
1: Into Thin Air, I can tell you the, the really best, uh, next one to read is a book called Touching the Void mm-hmm. by Joe Simpson mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a, it's a a, I think there's a documentary movie that was made out of it as well and it's the story of two uh, the true story of two mountaineers who sort of went out and a disaster struck on top of this dangerous mountain and uh, one of them ends up sort of hanging from a rope that's held by the other one but they, they can't talk to each other so the, the guy who's holding the rope doesn't know if the other guy has died or not, and whether he should cut the rope or hang on to it. Um, and I won't spoil it, but it's sort of, it's the story of, of what happens next and sort of the fallout from the decision that the guy holding the rope makes. And it's 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 an incredible book and a uh, true story.
2: I've read that. And now I really want to see the documentary, but I'm also kind of terrified too, because the story is wrenching. Yeah. Okay. What uh, else? Because I know we have a lot of Into Thin Air listeners who also love The Babysitter's Club, because those come yeah, together,
1: like Stephen well, King. He, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um well, I'll, I'll I'll let Tanner speak because um w- we both read the same book, I think, um that's also kind of in the same vein, uh-huh. a book called Endurance by oh, Alfred yeah. Lansing.
2: Oh, I've heard good things but I've never read it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, this it's the story of um
0: what's his last name, Jack Ernest Shackleton. Shackleton. Yeah, Shackleton's like failed expedition to the South Pole in the early 19th century. But he, he they they take a boat down to the South Pole. The boat gets lodged in the ice. They need, essentially just all need to work together to find their way back to you know civilization. Um, and they all make it out. Not a single soul is lost, despite the fact that they were wandering around the South Pole for like a year.
2: That's insane. And I hear that the writing on that is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's very, very good.
2: Tanner, if you weren't locked in your cousin's closet reading through the Babysitter's Club books as a kid, what were you reading then?
0: I remember, like most... Uh, boys of the late 80s and early 90s reading every single Goosebumps book, <laughs> cover to cover.
2: Are you a big reader or are you somebody who reads sometimes? You I I,
0: I am always reading a book and essentially always have been reading a book since I learned how to read. So,
2: Do you think fondly back on the Goosebumps books is the books that got you really hooked? Or is that just, yeah, you know, the stuff you read when you were a kid?
0: You know, I honestly couldn't tell you. The I couldn't recall a single plot to a Goosebumps book, <laughs> but I do think it's like a ga- it's kind of a gateway drug. I think maybe I wouldn't have had as much interest in authors like Stephen King if it wasn't for the fact that I was reading a lot of Goosebumps books growing up.
2: So, I am dying to get into the nitty gritty of the Babysitters Club, which I am. Glad to say that I got on eBay last year because I thought my daughters, who are now 9 and 11, were finally old enough, and I gave away my collection at some point, you know, womp womp, so sad, uh, and purchased 122 books in one go on eBay for like a $100, which is a really nice value per paperback, and my own daughters devoured the series, and we talked about their favorite titles over dinner, and we couldn't find a copy of book number eight. Do you know off the top of your head what that was?
1: Oh, Wow. I think it's something
2: about Stacey. Is it The Truth About Stacey?
1: No, Truth About Stacey is number three. I admire um, that. Oh, I, Tanner, come on. We can do this. Um, uh-huh. Oh, it's Boy Crazy Stacey. Oh, it eight. totally oh, is.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I finally found a copy of Boy Crazy Stacey in hardback, and it sticks out from all the paperbacks, and it's really a bone of contention in my house. But I'd love to hear what your favorites have been to read and what your favorites have been to discuss. And are not they different?
1: Um, the, I think the first question that we have to answer is which babysitter we are. Oh right? my gosh! Yes, um, yes. Because that's that's really the joy of what the, of reading these books. And I think also uh, going back to an earlier question, uh, kind of why they have had this lasting value is everybody kind of everybody who's read them has a strong identification with which babysitter they are. Though I've got to say, mine has changed over the years. When I first read them, I thought I was a Marianne, but I'm finding Marianne difficult to deal with lately. She's gone through a phase. She can't stop crying.
2: (laughs) Um, So you used to be a Marianne. What about her called out to your younger self?
1: Well, just the the broad strokes. The bio of Marianne is that she's shy. She's a reader. She's bookish. Um, she loves literature. She's probably going to be like an English lit major. Um, so those things su- superficially are uh, resonate with me. But personality-wise, I'm not I'm not really finding uh, as much in common with her now as I did then. And that may be because uh, she's 12 and I'm 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't I don't want to blame her too much. But, but now Marianne it, books but... are the most exciting ones, though. They're... Yeah. And it, yeah, Marianne books are just they're a thrill ride. And Anna Martin has kind of got a thing going now where every Marianne book, she just does it kind of as a mystery. Um, so she Marianne is just like solving true crime in Stony Brook. And that's always that's always just kind of heart pounding and exciting uh, and and a lot of fun to talk about in a way that's not true. of, For instance, Claudia books uh, where Tanner and I have to really dig
2: what is it about claudia that makes her so hard to (laughs) fill out an episode
1: i think claudia mostly
0: just cares about one thing and that's claudia Uh, (laughs) and having to having to read 120 pages of someone just kind of obsessing about themselves gets a little
1: tedious
2: well themselves and the tofu casserole
1: well that yeah don don is a a tofu casserole (gasps) oh my
2: gosh i totally got them confused
1: Don is great. Don is fantastic. She's California casual, as as the babysitters describe her. Uh, she's got just kind of a chill vibe, uh, and she likes to eat tofu casserole, which uh, which as a as a vegetarian I identify with strongly.
2: Okay. Yeah, but we need to go back. So, <laughs> if you identified with Marianne as a kid and your identification has changed, where mm-hmm. are you now? What happened?
1: Um, I you know I see myself nowadays in. Uh, Claudia's sister Janine Kishi. <laughs> mean Janine. <laughs> mean Janine. Yes. Yes. Well, and in fairness, uh, she's called Mean Janine by Claudia, who doesn't oh, yeah. understand her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it that uh, the truth would out if Janine bothered to write something from her own point of view. <laughs> <laughs> i read <need> that. <laughs> that would yeah. be the that would be the most boring
0: Babysitters Club book. <laughs> Like, we struggle to get through Claudia books. I can't even imagine
1: <laughs> reading a Janine book. It would just be her, like, talking about her dissertation. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so is <laughs> Janine, like, is she the older and wiser role to the baby? She's sitters? older.
1: She's wiser. She's interested in things of the mind. Ah. Uh, she's an intellectual. She uh, is going to be an academic. Uh, and she's so much more fascinating than, you know, whatever Claudia's fashion choices uh, to me. I don't know if Tanner agrees. I think Janine is,
0: is mean. I think, <laughs> um, I think she's a pedant. I think she's insufferable. So yeah, I think that's pretty spot on for you. Jack.
2: <laughs> Tanner, who do you identify with? Who's your babysitter?
0: Um, well, I, my favorite babysitter and the, the books I love the most are always Christie POVs. Christie's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am not a Christie-like person. I think I am more of a Marianne-like person. I'm kind of, I I consider myself the Frodo to Jack's, or the uh, Samwise to Jack's Frodo, a little bit, mm-hmm. which feels like the relationship between Marianne and Christie. Which is maybe why I admire Christie so much. It's actually a huge compliment to you, Jack. Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, what is it about the Christie books that really get you?
0: Um, I think Christy is just a very interesting character. I think I have this this tick in my head where the first character I am introduced to in a book automatically gets assigned to the protagonist slot. And since Christy had the first book in the series and she came up with the Babysitter's Club idea, I kind of always consider her a home base now.
2: Your home base. I like it. I always really identified with Marianne. As a kid, and it hadn't occurred to me, despite listening to your podcast, it hadn't occurred to me to identify as a 30 something year old with one of the babysitters. Although I have read an article online about how when you read them as an adult, you start thinking about parenting the babysitters. Although I haven't really been able to step into that shoes. I don't really care to. That's not what the fuck is.
0: Jack does too. I think the the other character that he failed to mention that he identifies with is Marianne's father, Mr. Spear. Mm -hmm. Every time Mr. Spear comes up in these books, Jack gets a little, a little misty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we
1: have we have a segment on our show called the tearful moment, which came out of the fact that uh, the somewhat embarrassing fact that we both genuinely get teared up <laughs> uh, a couple of times despite ourselves every time we read <laughs> one of these books. There's always something special, and for me, that that usually happens around around Mr. Spear, who's trying. He's doing his best. You know, he's he may be he may be a difficult guy. He may be a, a, a little bit overly stern of a father, but he's trying to ma- raise Marianne by himself uh, after his wife died when. Uh, Marianne was just two years old, and uh, you got to love that.
2: Can you think of a Mr. Spear moment that really tugs on your heartstrings?
1: Yeah, uh, certainly. Mm. Um, yeah, in uh, book number four, Marianne Saves the Day, in which, to give Marianne her due credit, she does save the day. There's a moment where uh, Marianne has to confront her father because he's kind of making—he's not letting her pick out her own outfits. He's not letting her decorate her room the way she wants to. He's trying to keep her as uh, you know a, a young girl, and now she's she's growing up into a woman. She has to confront him, and he he decides to let her let her hair down and and get some cool fashionable clothes and redecorate her room. And it's really difficult for him because he's trying to hang on to you know the memory of when she was a kid and when his wife was alive just a happier time in his life. But he realizes uh, he looks at her and he sees his wife in her eyes. And,
2: oh,
0: you're getting me, uh, me right now, Jack. <laughs>
1: Whew. Yeah. It's powerful stuff.
2: What are your favorite books in the series? Like what's, what is the title that you've loved so far? Tanner, I think this would be easier for you because you've read fewer, right? You're reading, <clears> you're reading as you go.
0: I am reading as I go. Um, let's see. I really like Jack. What was the name of the book where Marianne met Logan?
1: Logan Likes Marianne. Logan Likes Number Marianne.
0: 10. I think that's maybe my favorite book because it's a Marianne book, so there's plenty of supernatural intrigue.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: we're introduced to the Master of Demons, Logan Bruno. It's uh, it's a good character portrait of, of both Marianne. In fact, everyone. Everyone struggles with this new boy in town and the attention that he's taking from Marianne. It's kind of a, a hallmark of Babysitter's Club books.
1: Logan Likes Marianne was my favorite book as a kid. It's just it's just full of, of so much excitement. And, and Marianne, despite her shyness and, and and timid demeanor, is the first babysitter to get a boyfriend, as Anna Martin never tires of reminding us in the first chapter. <laughs> uh, so that was my favorite book as a kid. My favorite one recently, just on the reread, uh, mm-hmm. is, is also a Marianne book, Marianne and the Search for Tigger. It's, it's a romp. Uh, her cat gets kidnapped everyone thinks it's Logan. Maybe it is. Logan is a sinister character in these books. Uh, we call him the snake in the grass yep. on our podcast.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, so I won't spoil it for listeners. Maybe he did kidnap her kitten. Maybe he didn't, but he was behind it in some way. But boy, it's, it's, uh, it's full of twists and turns and it's, it's an exciting mystery.
2: Have those also been your favorite books to talk about on the podcast?
1: The Marianne books are great. I like. I also like talking about Don books. Dawn books to me, I, I never noticed this as a kid, but Dawn books always ha- are are packed to the gills with with uh, sort of subtle religious significance. Uh, the like... first book, the first Don book, is called Dawn and the Impossible Three which if that's not a metaphor for thinking about the Trinity, I don't know what it is. And then the next book is called The Ghost at Dawn's House, which mm-hmm. obviously the Holy Ghost, and it just really goes on from there. So it's 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 if you dig deep, you know, Ann M. Martin doesn't put this stuff on the surface, but there's so much to find, um, especially if you are um, an overwrought English lit major.
0: Jack and I have a standing bet that if he... I I also doubt that he'll be able to find religious significance in every Don book. Um, So we have a standing bet where if he manages to do it, I have to select an outfit that Claudia wore and wear it on stage at our first live show.
2: Wow.
0: So here's rooting for no more religious significance in Don books. I don't know. Claudia is very fashionable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the blogger who uh, is taking your inspiration from The Babysitters Club? I think you have, because I think I found out about her from you.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And there's also a classic blog from from probably about honestly eight years ago now. That's called What Claudia Wore, um, where somebody went went through every book and talks about what what Claudia wore in each book, which is it. It's still it still holds up as a as one of the great blogs.
2: I will be googling that next. <laughs> okay, so if people are new to The Babysitters Club. Or new to your show do they start at the beginning or can they jump in anywhere what do you recommend what's your intro to the babysitter's club and the babysitter's club club recommendations
0: it's tough because we don't want to we don't want the barrier to, of entry to be too high but if you jump into the latest episode uh, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that just absolutely makes zero sense to you <laughs> we're, we're convinced that all these girls are bees <laughs> Um, we're convinced that Claudia is a living doll. Um, obviously, I've already mentioned the fact that Logan is the master of demons. Um, so, if you hop in now, you're
1: going to be a little lost. But, but all know. of it's all in the text. It's all in the uh, text. So, if you join us, if you join us on this incredible journey through the sitter cycle from the beginning, uh, it will all become clear. Y- true. You
2: just need. A guide to show you the way is what you're saying. Exactly,
1: or or a pair of guides, or one very good guide and his bumbling co-host.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> All right. Before we close, tell me what y'all are reading right now. What are you reading, Jack?
1: Oh my gosh, I, I'm always reading so many books at once. I'm hoping at it has
2: nothing to do with anything we've talked about so far.
1: <laughs> um, I just I just recently finished a book um, called The Riddle of the Labyrinth. By uh, Margalit Fox.
2: Yeah, what is that? Uh,
1: which is, and it's a book about the the quest to uh, decipher Linear B. Um, sort Sorry? of. Sorry, <laughs> we talk about it on the podcast, right? and <laughs> I talk about Linear B all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, it's the quest to decipher this sort of ancient language, mm-hmm. uh, similar to hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. where they didn't, there was no Rosetta Stone, and uh, this incredible woman called Alice Kolber, Col- who was a researcher, uh, who. Kind of worked to crack the code that that everyone had deemed was indecipherable for years. It's it's a really interesting like scholarly mystery.
2: Does she crack the code, or do we have to read it to find out?
1: Uh, she gets there. She gets there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the the code gets cracked, uh, and and the way that it's cracked is is is, is truly fascinating. Um, if you're interested, if you're interested in languages,
2: interesting. How would you happen to pick that up? I was recommended
1: it by a friend. I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in in things to do with with linguistics and in mm-hmm. languages. Um, and this, you know, whatever. That sounds like a turnoff, but this is actually a really, really interesting mystery. Even if you're not uh, into into language stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say it's also a nice break from reading about space spiders.
2: You know, <laughs> so you can keep up your Renaissance man credentials, well-rounded <laughs> and all that. Tanner, what are you reading now?
0: At my wife's insistence, I started reading the um, Hamish Cycle from Ursula Le Guin, and I've been loving that.
2: Someone was just raving to me about The Lathe of Heaven. Is that I in the not, series?
0: I have not read that one yet, if it is. Um, I, I just read The Left Hand of Darkness, which is kind of the, the big one from that series. Yeah. Um, and I've just started on The Dispossessed, which I think has won the Nebula Award and the Hugo Award and yeah, all I've those other Yeah, I've never
2: read books. anything by her. So why did your wife feel so strongly about it?
0: She loves these books. Like, they're they're incredibly engaging sci-fi books. Uh, they've got these strong feminist messages in them, which, which she's constantly encouraging people to get more involved with. Um, they're just really fun and engaging to read. Uh, just really good books.
2: Well, that sounds really interesting. Okay, so they're delivering on your wife's promise for you?
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Nice. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today to talk books and, of course, the Babysitter's Club. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. I said that, Jack. Oh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, is, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>
2: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Jack and Tanner. Since Jack Tanner and I talked a little about our guilty pleasures today, I thought it would be fun to ask you, the listeners, what your guilty pleasures are. We made that request in our newsletter. If you're not on the list, sign up at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash newsletter. I'd love the answers you sent in. Here are a few of them.
3: Hi, Anne, my name is Emily. I live in Dallas, Texas. My guilty pleasure is culinary mysteries.
2: I discovered them about a year ago and ever since then, I've read a ton of them.
3: That's a little unusual for me because I was an English major in college, and I usually consider myself to be a pretty serious reader. I'm actually a little upset that the Culinary
2: Mysteries have displaced some other serious books in my reading life, but I just can't seem to stop reading them.
3: My name is Lauren, and I live in Olympia, Washington. My guilty pleasure is that I cannot resist celebrity memoirs. I feel like in general, I don't I don't really read gossip magazines. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't necessarily know what's up in most celebrities' lives. But for whatever reason, every time a new celebrity memoir comes out, I just have to read it. And I've actually been reading them since I was in middle school. I remember reading a Charlotte Church autobiography when I was like maybe 12. My favorite of all time is definitely Tina Fey's Bossy Pants. I just think she's hilarious and a lot of her observations are really um, on point with regular life, even though she obviously lives a different life than I do. And one that I'm really looking forward to reading is Mara Wilson's new book. Hi,
2: Anne. This is Mary Catherine from Noonan, Georgia. Uh, my Guiltiest of Guilty
3: Pleasures is the Black Dagger Brotherhood series by J.R. Ward. Um, it is a just a trashy romance series, honestly, and it's about a race of warrior vampires. Um, and they all have really ridiculous names that are emotions or adjectives with unnecessary H's included. And it's just the worst, but I can't help but love it. Hi, Anne.
1: Natasha Stone from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and my guilty pleasure is the Twilight series. And as if reading it once was not bad enough, I've read the entire
0: series
3: twice. Hi, Anne. My name is Char Tolliver and we are stationed in Colorado Springs, Colorado. My guilty pleasure read is the Hannah Swinson Cozy Mystery Series by Joanne Fluke. Um, It is, is full of nosy neighbors and baked good recipes. And of course, there's always a murder mystery. I picked up the first one back in 2008 when I needed an airplane read and enjoyed my way through a very simple but enjoyable read. And since then, it has become my palate cleanser. Um, I continue to read my way through the series. I just finished the ninth book after reading me before you, and there are about 20 or so in this series now.
2: That was fun. Thanks for listening readers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out the babysitters club club on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts for more Jack and Tanner head over to our podcast site for the full list of titles we talked about today. That page is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 51. And don't forget to hop on Twitter Thursday, November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern for some warm and welcoming conversation about reading for a lifetime with me and other What Should I Read Next listeners. You can follow me at Ann Bogle, that's Anne with an E, B as in books, O-G-E-L, and turn on my tweet notifications to be alerted when the conversation starts. It's going to be a great time. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Rainer Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. Every night.
3: What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze?
2: You get us, Queen's Podcast.
3: And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history.
2: From New Orleans voodoo queen Marie Laveau to Marie Antoinette and everything in between.
3: Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers!